I think there's also uh, another kind of uh, component to it, too. You, you've looked at, um, let's just say, some of the socialization factors with biking here. Um, the idea that Los Angeles, and, and I, I, I'm not queuing in anybody on some big mystery, Los Angeles is starved for public spaces. The idea of being able to congregate in some social situation without, um, let's just say, um, uh, having to imbibe heavily in alcohol, though it doesn't hurt sometimes. Um, I think this uh, this kind of situation lubricates your 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 senses a little bit more to uh, probably equate storytelling and stuff. How, how do you feel about that? Totally. I mean, I think that it actually helps people come together and it starts up conversations and it brings people together that wouldn't normally be brought together. And that's actually something I'm really excited to see today because we have different crowds in the bike community coming to this ride. So we're going to have families out there, but we're also going to have um, kids on fixies and like everything in between. We're going to have commuters. And by putting on some tweed or like drawing on a fake mustache, like you're automatically part of this group now. And everyone's going to talk and you know, hopefully get along and have a good time and, and that's what it's about um los angeles yeah it's a tough city like when especially people that just move here um unless you're going out to the bars it's hard to get integrated into the community and, and to feel like you're part of something and that's why i feel like biking and the bicycle itself it's not just a mode of transportation but it's a way to get people to interact with each other and that's actually what saved me when i moved out to los angeles it was the bicycle and when i started doing the rides and meeting people my life changed automatically and I felt like I was in a community all of a sudden and that the city was accessible and I, I could do whatever I wanted because I had access to the streets and it wasn't just this car town. Now, when you, when you say you had access to the streets, you're, I, I, I'm not teaching anything uh, um, out of the ordinary when I say that you're, you're able to have a conversation with somebody as opposed to having a car and having to roll down your window and drive up next to somebody and say, hey, how you doing there? It sounds like you're a lecherous little person that should probably have some sort of, you know, warrant uh, <laughs> put out for him or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, the fact that you can talk to your neighbor on a bike and also the fact that you can see the, the landscape of Los Angeles. Um, we're going to be looking at some of the historic buildings today, uh -huh. but even just riding around the neighborhood, that, that's one of the things I love about biking in Los Angeles. You're coasting through neighborhoods and you get to see how the, the unique features change over time. And it, it happens, like, you miss it in a car. It happens in a flash. But there's so many unique aspects. There's little alleys and buildings and storefronts that you get to experience on a bicycle, and it, it really makes you feel like you're part of the city. I, I'm uh, often a, a purveyor and a fan of the old uh, ride arc that Alex used to do, and he used to drive us around and, and, and do architecture, but it sort of filtered into different things, which I'm, I'm really happy to say that it, it evolved into showing things like political change, how uh, a situation or a landscape can actually help that, and I, I believe your, your right is, is doing the same thing, though I'm, I, I'd like you to uh, sort of illuminate me on the fact that in one section of your little handout here, it says the section is designed for a light, little, higher-skilled level, including a fast-paced, fewer stops and some hills. Can you elaborate on that right now? Well, this this tweed ride, we actually wanted to um, try to get more um, a more diverse group of riders, so we wanted to make it a little bit longer than the normal cycle length. Um, the the original tweed rides are a little bit longer; they're ten or eleven miles. Um, normal cycle rides are about five miles so in order to do that we we created two stages 
and um, we don't want the, the, the families and um, some of the, the people that don't like to ride hills to, to be discouraged or not want to come out, so we decided to have um, a stage for the second half where people can join us and have a more leisurely pace, but there are people that want to have a little bit of a challenge that could come out in the beginning. The thing about the Tweed ride is that we're really not going to go too fast. It's more about taking in the experience and having a leisurely experience. So I think that even if someone wants the challenge, they're not going to um, feel like they're left out or they're going to fall back. We, we always try to, to support all of the riders that come out. Now, now I'm, 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 you're, you mentioned there again, there, there's stages on this Tweed ride. My God, is, is there... When you mention stages, it sounds like competition here. I don't know. No, no. No, no. I mean, the, the second stage is going to start um, at Union Station, and uh, we're actually going to be having um, tea. So it, it's definitely oh. not a competition. It's, uh, it's actually going to be a chance for people to hang out at Union Station and, and have some tea and, and then some, some more folks to come out and meet us. So this is not a competition at all. This is just um, it's an extended tour around the city, and we want to make sure that we accommodate all sorts of cyclists on the tour. Well, this sounds fantastic, Dan. Uh, one, one other thing I, I want to touch on while I've got you on the phone with Cycle. Cy cycle is, um, first of all, tell us what Cycle um, stands for. It's Cycle is inciting change through live exchange. And, and having, having said that, uh, Cycle has also uh, been kind of prominent out there in other fields of infrastructure. I'm thinking specifically of a couple weeks ago, we on um, here at Kill Radio uh, got to see you um, sort of install an impromptu uh, bike corral. Explain to us uh, how that event went on. Oh, that was a cool event. We actually um, put a, a temporary bike corral in the street. Um, it was a bike corral that was built um, for the bike, bike oven. And we, we were offering parking for people that were coming down into the Highland Park community on York Boulevard. Um, there had been a proposal put, put in place um, for a permanent bike corral there, and it would actually be the first bike corral in Los Angeles City. Um, but because of you know, the slow nature of change, uh, it hasn't yet taken effect, so we wanted to kind of drum up some support and show the community that having a bike corral there would actually make the neighborhood more friendly because cyclists would see this parking on the street. Um, and it also will bring in more pedestrians and more business people because the uh, patrons to the business because there'll be more parking. So it's a really good um, way to kind of invigorate the neighborhood and, and bring more people out. Yeah, we're, we're talking here about uh, Cafe de Leche, which, yes. uh, in, in just just because it is a bike event, there there are all sorts of things that are on top of each other, after each other, and in fact, tonight is the Northeast Los Angeles Art Ride. And in fact, uh, somebody had suggested that they have a bike corral, if, if only for this night, um, because there's so many people that come out for these art rides. Yet another way to engage your community, uh, this one being in Northeast Los Angeles. And uh, there's something of the history there. So um, I, I'm going to put it to you, Dan. Are you getting ready like myself? Uh, you, you, you haven't slept. You're up in the morning, and you're going to be doing the, the full-on 48-hour bike extravaganza like myself um tonight uh for the northeast ride yeah 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 i mean i if there's a bike corral i'm gonna be out there <laughs> well that's that's one of the things now, now cycle when we we talk about them they're they're not just doing that they're also going to be engaged in um, one other program and uh, we'll just briefly touch on it because uh at, at this point i know you're going to be having a big rollout but uh you're be you're going to be doing something with uh 
health for all of us in the future, uh, partnered with a couple other organizations, aren't you? Yes, yeah, so we're actually uh, working with the uh, Department of Public Health um, and uh, LACBC, um, and we're, we're working on a, a grant program where we're actually doing workshops um, in uh, underrepresented neighborhoods that are at risk for obesity, and we're actually using the bicycle as a means uh, to a healthy lifestyle. So we're, we're giving bicycle workshops, and those workshops are including um, traffic basic skills so people feel more comfortable on the road, um, learn-to-ride workshops, and the bicycle co-ops are going to be providing um, bicycle maintenance workshops. And these workshops are made to be accessible um, by the just a com- common people that maybe have never ridden a bike or who um, rode, rode a bike when they were children, but they haven't touched it because they're afraid to touch it in Los Angeles. And we're going to be encouraging people to use the bicycle and to use it for their trips to the grocery store or to, to get to work. Um, or to be multimodal, um, to use the trains with their bicycle to get around the city. And, and by doing that, you're actually um, you're integrating two things. You're integrating fitness with your schedule. So um, you don't have to go to the gym to, to feel good or to be in shape. Like You can ride your bicycle, and by doing that, you can also run errands or get to your job. So you're actually um, you're, 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 you're using, you're being more efficient with your time. Um, a lot of people find the, they have boundaries to, to health and fitness because they feel like they have to separate it from their life. But bicycling brings it into your life. Wow, Dan. Well, it sounds like you have your plate full today. Uh, yeah. Let's just say you're, you're using that example of, what is it, multimodal to its mm-hmm. full extent. And um, we, we want to wish you well and uh, maybe maybe let you uh, get out a little early there, Dan. So once again, you, you guys are meeting at the boathouse in yep, the uh, Echo Park Lake boathouse at noon uh-huh. and then if you want to meet us um, uh, halfway you can meet us at Union Station in the courtyard at 1pm well it sounds fantastic and of course you, you're not ending there according to the uh, um, the flyer here uh, later on in the afternoon some um, yeah, contests we're going to finish at Royal Clayton's uh, pub and we're going to have a little after party there and a celebration Pub in the truest sense of the English word. Uh, oh, it's a great place. All, all ages, everyone invited, kind of sorts. Okay, well, thanks, Dan, and um, we're going to get back to this. And um, here, here's the obligatus uh, uh, thing. What radio station do you listen to? Kill Radio. <laughs> okay. causes a lot of pain. Pay no attention. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it is Kill Radio and uh, Chicken Leather. We have some guests in the studio we're going to get to in a minute, but we want to give you a taste of the Tweed Ride if you can't make it out here. Here's last month's Tweed Ride, or last year's Tweed Ride, at uh, and we're downtown at, that's right, have Union nice Station. Huh? Have a nice ride over? Yeah. Oh, Train ride. <laughs> So the big news today is that uh, we think that Occidental is going to get a bike share program for some of the yeah, students. Yeah. Like like you can check out a bike just like you can a book. Very nice, very nice. It's the Letterman. What did you letter in? Cross country. Oh, very nice. Is it really a Letterman sweater? Yeah. yeah Congratulations. Thanks. Everybody always just sort of pushes it off and pawns it off. But those are hard sports. 
Well, yeah. I got, I got one in swimming finally. Yeah. It was like really hard. And nowadays, now because there's other people that respect you, but you know. Well, I don't, I don't know about that, but I try to gain it where I can. All right. Well, I noticed you have an Italian bike here. Well, yeah. Yes, more or less. <laughs> it's of Italian design. Very Indeed. nice. Yes. I think they make them somewhere else now, but it's right. very elegant. Thank you. Very elegant. Thank you. Do you enjoy riding it? Oh, yes. It's new to me, and I'm, I'm a big enthusiast. And, and do you ride a lot? Yes, as often as I can, pretty much every day. Without giving a recommendation to the bike, you probably enjoy it a lot more because yeah, you, so you've customized it. These don't look, they're period, but they look like they're probably better for you. The, the they're great, and they're cheap. They, they cost $10. Oh, you're kidding. Nope. That's all? Yep. And wow. The thing is, they're tricky because they can fall off if you don't put them on right. Huh. And there's different ways to put them on. But, but the big thing about these are... You can really grip better, and it's, it's a natural substance. It's, yep. it's uh, like the kids are saying, sustainable, yeah. eco-friendly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. All right. Well, as much as I can. If, if, you, if they're not there when you come out after one of the stops, I, I didn't take them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice. Thanks hand. for talking to me. What was your name again, sir? Grant. Grant, and who is this lovely, lovely vixen that's here? Amy. Very nice to meet you. You look elegant. And, and as, as. Uh, Let's say, what was his name? Uh, Nick and Nora Charles, as, as he used to say. The game's got a screwy hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. She made it. Stick out in the crowd, you know. It's gorgeous. She, she makes she makes hats. She makes Does she? Yeah. yeah oh, that, that's elegant. That's all I got. I used to have a friend that made hats, but he, he made really large ones for like MTV and stuff. I'm this just getting nice. into it, yeah. I like it a lot. Do you bend the felt yourself uh -huh. and all that? Yeah. Oh, you know how. a little four hour job. You, nowadays, you have the advantage of using, let's just say, some easier eco friendly chemicals, yeah. but in the first part of the century, not many people know this, but that's how the Mad Hatter got started. They used to use mercury, I guess, and the vapors would just, oh, you'd whack you out and stuff. Get a good cocktail of that stuff, and yeah. <laughs> wormwood to your brain, yeah. Well, that, that wormwood is all around now. That's why everybody wore hats. Yes. <laughs> oh, I see that. Yes, I'm late, I'm late, yes. Got to get that hat going. That's just nice, just shooting across and seeing all the people in there. Indeed. Oh, and look at you. A brook seat. <laughs> Very nice. Wow. This is, is it, is it Dutch? English. English. Ashley's have been made uh, in Stratford-upon-Avon since 1920. <laughs> oh, so you, you could quote Shakespeare while you're doing it, right? I, well, I could try. <laughs> well, I'm looking at this, but I'm seeing more of like a, a Dutch design to it. They so. kind of came up at the same time. Yeah, oh. this was, these were... Weren't they national fights in the war? Right, in sure. World War II? Probably. Sure, World War I. And then uh, there's like this, there's a close relationship and like sort of rivalry between the enthusiasts of Dutch and English. I, I can imagine. There's subtle differences. But, but one of the advances, and we're just going to show people, is you have a caudalus crank, so it's all self-contained. And then this is elegant. You have this yes. beautiful little switching thing. She's going, yes, <laughs> yes, and breathing heavy. I, I rode um, a, a fixed gear cruiser. I mean, not fixed gear, but a single gear cruiser yeah, yeah. for a long time. You pedal really fast and go really slow. <laughs> <laughs> so you try to keep the cadence up. Yeah. So All right, let's hear the bell. Oh, it sounds like a doorknob. <laughs> Right, I know, not quite the great little tang of the other ones, but I well, Thanks for talking to us, Amy. Yep. This is gorgeous. Ah, oh, you, sir. You look like you're ready for any kind of winter here. Yeah, not really. Uh, this is beautiful, though. 
I think I think you are with Imperial. It's probably ergometrically designed. Yeah. Do you like your bike? I love it. Just got it. Oh, did you? About a month ago. But one of the things I know it's a new bike. You've got fenders on it. Those probably come in really handy when it rains, don't they? I haven't ridden in the rain yet. Oh, oh, but you could. <laughs> I like my dyno like that. Ah, so it's all self-contained. Yeah. No messing with batteries. No. You generate your own light. So you you are the light, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey. Once again, thanks for talking to us. Very elegant. <laughs> so how long does it take you to grow mustaches like that? This one took about 15 seconds. Wow, that's pretty good. But lifetime of experience. You think hers took that long? How long did it take you to grow your mustache? <laughs> Richard grew it for me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow, very impressive. You went for the girly look. the boy look. We're going to make our way to the lads over here standing. Very nice. I, I think you guys are great. You look right. like a movie I just saw recently. Nice. Very nice. Now, what, what tartan is this? Uh, this is the tartan Oevun. Nice. Which is from Bika Su, over there across the hill yeah. in, the, in Highland Park. Great. <laughs> well, if I had known, I would have worn mine. I've got the Stuart. So if you, if you say this, Bike Oevun. Bike Uva. Nice. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll take it into the lock. Look at, look at. They're, they're tagging her now. She's a billboard. Oh, we love the tie here. Oh, thank you. Look at that. I know. It looks like he's just relaxing. Yep. Is that, is that a, a fishing bag, right? Uh, maybe. Car, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. A, I don't know, but he's having a drink of some kind. Yep. Yes. And a cigar of some kind. <laughs> well, are you sure that's a cigar? Or it I, might be, I think it's either that or a pipe. Yeah. Or something phallic or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, you look elegant. Thank you, girl. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's how far we're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> Family show. Daytime yes. ride. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hi! If you haven't signed the waivers, I'm walking around and finding out that a lot of people haven't signed the waivers. Please do so. Dan, can you raise your hand and show them where they can sign in waivers? Also, if you have brought someone new to City Bicycling, someone this that is hasn't really uh, been out Liz uh, of Liz and Shay, you and uh, she was the director of Cycle uh, up until a few months ago. Um, They've had a restructure, but uh, we'll discuss that. It is the Tweed Rug you're listening to here on Bike Talk this morning on Kill Radio and KPFK. Hey, uh, all sorts of fun stuff coming up. Once again, the Tweed Ride meeting at the Both House in uh, Echo Park. Somebody called and wanted to know where that is exactly. Well, uh, Echo Park has a lake, and this is the Boat House on the lake. Uh, exactly, it's off of Sunset. If you uh, get to the big, um, right before... I guess it's the bright spot there. I, I'm trying to think that that must be some sort of offshoot of uh, uh, Vendome. Or, no, it can't be Vendome. It's something even closer there. But Glendale, 
uh, if you're coming off the two, would lead right to that crux, and then lo and behold, you'll see the lake. You can't miss it. Uh, sprouting. It's sunny. All sorts of stuff here. It is Kill Radio. Let's get back to a little bit of last year's Tweed Ride and listen into it. And you know what? Uh, here in the studio, we do have a guest here that we're going to get to shortly. But um, and we're not. It's not a big secret. No, no. It's just that we're trying to organize things. Uh, just want to get you out there for this ride. But uh, stay tuned while you're getting dressed, and uh, you'll listen in and hear hopefully about uh, more than just uh, Tweed to illuminate your ride today. Something to talk about on the ride. Um, Kill Radio. Let's get back to it. Oh, and uh, one last thing. Somebody asked, is clothing optional? Well, yeah, we'd like to think that you will be wearing clothing. It's not going to be like the toy ride last night. But uh, we want to say that, uh, yeah, uh, kudos to all those people that braved the elements and uh, let's just say got into their spirit there. And if you don't have Tweed, don't feel like you have to have Tweed. Anything is welcomed out there. It is Kill Radio. Here we go. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, man. We all look like you and your mustache. I know it. Yeah. It's like I'm in a big sea of me. <laughs> uh, more people have come. Gorgeous. Simply gorgeous. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. How are you doing, Alexis? Good. Very nice. Yeah. But, but like obviously, this is your seat every day, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and tools. Very good. Very good. Did you get yourself on camera? Yes, I did. <laughs> A while ago. To hold something up to flash with? You? <laughs> Did? Yeah. Those are Atano suspenders? Mm -hmm. Hey. Specialty. Silk hand woven from Japan. Very pretty. Thank very, you. very nice. So, where are we going? To the top, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a nice day out. That's pretty cool. Beautiful. Come on down. Oh, look at you. Oh. Can you say hi? Smile. Smile for the camera. Did the bucket bike come? Yeah. Okay, that's great. Wow. I love his bucket bike. Did you see his bucket bike? Is it all decked out? It's black and red. No, black and white. Um, we're just about to get started. Well, we, we don't want to lose the tweed right totally here, but uh, in, in the studio here, yeah, it is Kill Radio. Chicken Leather, I, I usually come in and do a show called Talk is Still Cheap. You may have guessed by now that Nick isn't here today, the guy that usually hosts the show. That's because Nick is, uh, his other talents are to uh, uh, 
teach kids and he's part of our let's just say the future in that respect or he's shaping the future i'd like to call it he he'll kid me on that uh something of a seminar or something today uh, that was mandatory, but don't feel like you've missed anything. Uh, it's still the same bike talk or, or just, we've reinvented it just for today. Um, my name is, uh, chicken leather who, uh, I do a show usually called talk is cheap, uh, from six to eight. Uh, it's the, uh, public affairs show and everybody says, what, how does music fit into public affairs? Well, Hey, you better get your affairs in order. That's all I have to say. Um, been covering the bike scene and been covering, uh, a lot of what, ails Los Angeles and what is right with Los Angeles. And uh, this is probably one of the worst introductions to our guests in the studio because uh, while we talk about some of the schisms and dichotomy between culture, we'd like to believe that uh, his film called uh, Ride the Divide is something of, uh, let's just say, taking the two halves of what used to be America and joining the two together. In, in studio right now is Mike Dion, is it? Yes. Okay, Mike, let's let's check your mic here. Checking my mic right ah, here. Ah, there, there you are. go, Mike. And, um, well, I, I think without further ado, let's just uh, talk about the film. Tell us what Ride the Divide is. Sure. So Ride the Divide is a documentary film that covers uh, a little-known, under-the-radar mountain bike race, which is along the longest off-road mountain bike route in the world, which goes from Banff, Canada, to the Mexican border, nearly 3,000 miles along the spine of the Rocky Mountains. And Adventure Cycling Association in Missoula, Montana, creates cycling routes that kind of crisscross the, the country, north, south, east, west. And about 13 years ago, they created the Great Divide mountain bike route. And then once you create the longest mountain bike route in the world, well, people are going to want to see how fast they can do it in. And uh, kind of over, over the years, you've had uh, one guy you know, take off on it, and then the next year two people tried it, and the next year three people tried it. And the year that we shot the film, there were 16 cyclists that were um, doing the race, and uh, Ride the Divide is a film about their story. All right, let's 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 just back this up. We've been talking about tweed and going out there and what you're dressed and all this other stuff, and you're talking about a race that goes how many miles again? Uh, to, to be exact, 2,745 miles. Oh, uh, my God. that That's insane, man. Don't, don't these guys uh, – hasn't somebody hit them with a, a stick or something and tell them, hello, guys, this is really stupid? The other sections of the route that you I, get I'm hit, just kidding. You, no, you do. You get hit by sticks and you get hit by trees and, you know, <laughs> flying antlers and all, all that crazy stuff. This is fantastic. I, I First of all, you get to see – a unique window into how America is. Um, I remember crossing the country here in a Volkswagen van, and I was just elated at being a young age. I think every parent should take their kids or something and see, see America, not necessarily in a Volkswagen van, but uh, on a bike. This is this is great. You must that must open itself up. Sure, absolutely. And you say see America, but but not only America, but you know the western states along, you know, literally right along the, you know, the Rocky yeah, Mountains. Yeah. So you you know you uh, we got Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado, um, and then Banff up in Banff, Canada, you know, the mountain ranges are just, you know, spectacular. It's, you know, the the scenery in the film, you point the camera in any direction and and it's a yeah, beautiful it's shot. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 fantastic. It's um I'm, I'm reminded this week that uh, the flag was up for auction that General Custard has. So we, we often think of history being a, a dying art, but it's, it's, it's alive. These people are living it. And you mentioned Missoula. Uh, I'm, 
I'm remembering all my friends that, that went there and told me, oh, yeah, this is nothing, Los Angeles. And they're walking around with T-shirts and stuff. It, 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 it gets cold. This is the kind of place. So I'm wondering, you, what, what do you wear when you bike that way? I mean, is it, is it full gear, like the Tour it's, de France or something? Yeah, or, you're definitely... You have a support crew and everything? No, well, actually, yeah, that's a good point. This race is, is uh, purposefully the opposite of the Tour de France. So absolutely no support teams. Uh, racers are carrying... Oh, my God. This is the Tour de France like it used to be. Well, you exactly. have to carry everything. You know, yeah. you're absolutely right. So, yeah, if your bike, like the original Tour de France, no support teams. If your bike breaks, will you find a welder along along the along the way and, and you fix your bike? And uh, racers are carrying, you know, small bivy sacks and lightweight sleeping bags and they're sleeping in a ditch on the side of the road and it's pretty much you know as a tour de france is what 21 22 stages this is one stage so it's pretty much everyone shows up in banff and uh at 10 o'clock uh, someone says okay let's go and the first person in mexico gets bragging rights so no no awards no prize money it's one big monster stage well, I'm I'm glad that you've gone out and filmed it for us, if only for the fact that I don't have to do the ride. But uh, it, some weird kind of thing in the back of your head, I, maybe it's like in the Neanderthal part of our brains or, or something, is telling me that everybody should experience this ride. And, and if only for uh, I, how long is your film? Uh, the film is 80 minutes. But let's get away from time and stuff. It's yeah. it's a, a sit-down, and you get to experience this this ride or something. Now, when you talk about the divide, what what exactly is the divide? I know, but tell our, tell our listeners out there. Sure. So, um, you know, so, so the... And, and I'm going to answer that phone call off, <laughs> off the air. So, yeah, so the, you know, the divide, so the, the Rocky Mountains is, um, you know, you, as a stretch of, uh, you know, the Rocky Mountains, like I say, run from... You know, Canada to, to Mexico through Colorado, Wyoming, um, you know, New Mexico, a bit of Idaho there. And it is, you know, literally this route stays within 30 miles of the true, you know, sort of continental divide line. So, you know, you're up in, in the middle of nowhere. You know, uh, the route, um, again, is, you know, with, with that kind of length, you're, you're covering 200,000 feet of climbing, which would be like doing Mount Everest seven times over, over the length of this thing. Wow. Yeah. So it, it, and, and again, you were saying earlier, it's, it's just, it's absolutely, you know, breathtaking and, and visually stimulating and, and the people along the way too. So we purposefully made the film not so much about the race, but about human spirit, um, you know, the inspirational stories and the people, places and things along the way. You had mentioned, you know, sort of the history, um, that happens in these Western kind of, you know, true Western states. And, and this is, there's cowboys still out there. There's, there's guys living on the land and, and farming and ranching and, and, um, um, Hunter Weeks, the director of the film, uh, purposefully, I was actually one of the racers. So, ah, so not only, uh, in my bragging rights, huh? <laughs> not like to brag, brag too much about it, but you'll, you'll see in, in, uh, in, the, if you watch the film, why that is. But, uh, um, but purposefully went out to not just capture a race, but capture the people, the places, um, you know, along along the way and capture, you know, we just kind of get, you You said you drove in, in a VW bus, you know, across country, but this this sort of route takes no, I, you. I, I didn't I didn't drive at all. They tried, you, you know, I was I was like 10 or 8 <laughs> or something. You're in the passenger seat. Well, my brother window. did get behind the wheel once and they, my dad sort of held it. I, I, I remember that so so intently that I, I thought to myself, well, that's that's pretty pretty fantastic. But uh, no, it, it's it's daunting sometimes seeing that much. This is at a point where Volkswagens were everywhere, yeah. and you you could I remember counting them. 
I mean, you you would count and wave, and they would honk their horn. I mean, that was the kind of club or socialization that was around there. But with the bike, you must get. You you talk about people coming out and supporting you in the neighborhood, uh, and you mentioned uh, more or less cowboys or infrastructure. I'm I'm wondering Native Americans along the way too. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, kind of the that whole you know Western culture and the route. you, You know. When you're driving through states like that, you tend to just want to get to from point A to point B along the yeah. highway. But, you know, this takes you, you know, off, you know, not the back roads, but the back back roads and, and up up and over the mountains. So you see, you know, communities that, that are that are, you know, not lost communities, but but, um, you know, historical communities that have been around for, you know, 80 years or, or whatever back, you know, doing their thing and, and the people that are still out there and, and the most humble, honest, interesting people and, and really interested in what, in what you're doing. Cause if you could imagine, you know, pulling up in, in your spandex and you're having showered in six days or seven days and, you know, the question always is uh, where, a little ripe. Yeah. Very ripe. Yeah. You know, where, where are you coming or, you know, where are you coming from? Where are you going? Is this <laughs> kind of the, you know, the question you hear dozens and, and dozens of times, but it, you know, it never gets old seeing the, the reaction on, on their face when you tell them, you know, what you're doing, and, and then um, they become very interested and, and actually want to help you out, and it's, it's kind of fun. I, I imagine the Rotary Clubs and, and things of that sort come out and, and sort of wave you on or something. It's almost like being in a, a third-world country where the neighborhoods come out. <laughs> on occasion on rides, that you see people come out to the stoop, and that's it. But uh, do people come out and th- uh, welcome you? Not so time? much. In the last couple of years, um, a very small niche sort of um, – you know, a few people out there who knew know uh-huh. of the route and know of the race and, and that live along it, you will see, you know, some signs kind of along there that says, you know, hey, feel free to use my, my spigot along the along the oh. side of the house or something. But but yeah, there's not a whole lot of people that know that this thing even happens or occurs and and that's kind of I think you know the beauty of the film you know now that it's out there more people are learning about it which is a good thing and and could be a bad thing because I think the beauty of this event is that it's under the radar and kind of slightly underground and it's kind of got a romantic um, you know, gentleman's race uh, personality to it. Now, you, you said you were a rider. When when you race, um, do, do you make any? I, I'm thinking, are you carrying everything from food to to uh, I, without better terms, goop or or something yeah. to keep you going so you don't uh, just sort of deplete all your. Uh, uh, <laughs> energy along with all your reserves or, or oh, what definitely you? yeah you're um you know you'll burn you'll burn seven eight nine thousand calories a day so you know you'll carry as much you know food and water to kind of get you to the next place to resupply and if you are uh-huh. putting in a hundred plus miles a day you will hit a community or a gas station or, or something where where you can resupply, but there's definitely sections where you're where you're going a day and a half, maybe two days um, in wow. between resupply stations. So you are you know carrying you know ten thousand ish calories ideally. Now um, I'm I'm just sort of thinking about this. Is it is it similar to like socialization on on more or less a tweed ride? You get to talk to your neighbor and say, okay, well why don't we take five minutes and get breakfast here today? It looks so beautiful. The hell with this ride or something. Do you, <laughs> it's you, you don't ever get to that point, but I'm sure that you get to a point where it's like, let's let's break up here and enjoy this. Or are uh, you guys? Is it just like a ride? Like down with you? No. I'm going another 50 miles. <laughs> you know, you kind of bring up a good point. Some, you know, some do and some don't. Kind of the tagline. If you if you go to our website, which is ridethedividemovie.com, the tagline is 2,700 miles, Canada to Mexico alone, and and a lot of that is is um, a few people are 
you know, you know, do end up riding with another person or, or a few other people. But over the length of something, you know, so long, it, it's pretty rare to find someone that has the same pace as you do, especially yeah. when you're going 14, 15, 16 hours a day. So, yeah, the, the days that you are riding with someone is, is nice to, to communicate and, and, and break off and, and grab a bite at the same time. But but oftentimes, yeah, there's days upon days upon days um, that you're riding by yourself, and, and, um, and that can be... Uh, invigorating for some and, you know, fairly detrimental for, for others, which comes across in the film too. Just, you know, the, the idea of being out in, in something and doing something so fast, vast and, and amazing. Um, you, you, you know, for, you know, day one, day two, day three, it, it's cool and, and it's interesting and, and it's amazing. But as the days roll on and the hour upon hour roll on, you really start realizing, you know, that human connection and, and actually wanting to, to kind of share, you know, to go back to your, the tweed ride and, and the cruiser rides. And yeah, those are, those are fun and, and amazing. And, and the cycling communities that, that come out for those. Yeah, are, are they're wonderful. not even in the same breath as this. I'm, it, I'm it's, joking no, it's, here. No, but, but, but you're right. But it, it, it it's, um, yeah, you, you start longing for right. that but sort just of a socialization does it does it get to be work i mean uh, i i know that i enjoy cycling but i'm i'm wondering after a thousand miles uh, there there must be days where you just say oh i want to just zip up the sleeping bag and sleep one hour longer oh, or definitely something. yeah no you're you know you're absolutely right and and even you know kind of that thousand mile mark you 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 get into northern wyoming by yellowstone uh-huh. park and it's you know a lot of people have got to that point and said you know what i'm i'm cruising through some of the most beautiful country yeah. in the world you become at, a tourist at 10 12 miles an hour and well not only you kind of the opposite of it you a tourist in this a, a racing tourist yeah. you're you're yeah. you're kind of watching you, you want to stop and take pictures and soak in the sights and visit with the people but you know you, you if you want you've got a goal of 100 or 150 miles that day and you you kind of whip out the camera and you, t- you take a snapshot as you're going by so a lot of people you know at that sort of mark you know it's like you know what this is ridiculous um I'm, <laughs> I, I am i'm going to become a tourist i'm, I'm not going to yeah. race anymore i'm just going to take you know take the next five seven ten days whatever and and just sort of soak in the sights and that's and that's what the route was originally designed as was a touring uh, route a cycling touring route to do over the course of 60 days as a as a tour and now you've got racers doing it in 17 days 19 days well uh doing doing this ride you've uh you were talking about all the cities and stuff were you able to look and see some of the other bike culture along the way or or something and sort of soak it in or are you going so fast that it's almost like no like like uh more like speed reading as opposed to like phonetics. <laughs> the cliff notes. Yes. Uh, it's no, you're cruising, you're pretty much cruising through. And, um, you know, the, the bike culture, there are a few cities. Steamboat Springs, uh, Colorado is, is a great place to stop. And, and uh, there's some bike shops there, um, you know, to soak in the sites. Salida, Colorado is another great place to, to kind of soak in, um, you know, some bike shop culture. But, you know, you're, you're there an hour, two hours tops because cities, can can kind of make you want to linger and hang mm-hmm. out and visit. So if you're if you're truly racing the route, you're you're getting in and out of the cities as fast as you can. Yeah, you don't want to be sucked in with with any kind of yeah you know Fourth of July or something. When, when do they do this actually? Uh, the race generally starts about the second week of June. Oh, so okay. uh, the, you can get information. Not too far off then. No, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, tour divide. Dot org is the race website where you can you know, get more information about the race. The film website is ridethedividemovie.com. Okay, and, and you look like uh, uh, somebody that's uh, 
let, let's just say rolling in the dough. Does it does it cost anything to to do this, or or I just just curious, uh, how how much should I be budgeting if I wanted to do this ride or to, something? Like to that? do to do the race costs nothing. It's oh. it, it's not a sanctioned race. Like I uh-huh. said, it's an it's a it's an you know, under the it's an underground. Really, it's it's a group ride if right. you want to think of it. So right. it doesn't cost you anything to do it uh, as far as enter the race. But you know, there's no prize money or, or no awards generally. But but the you will have costs to maybe fly into Alberta, uh-huh. Canada, get a shuttle over to Banff. Okay, you get your the passport f- and visa and everything in order. Right. right. And then, you know, food and, and you can, um, you know, stay if you if you choose to stay in little hotels, motels along the way. And, you know, generally it's been kind of said, give or take um, $2,000, you know, kind of a couple hundred yeah. dollars off that. So airfare. That's not bad at all. You know, and, and again, yeah, you're, and, and that's assuming you've got a bike and, yeah. and gear and, and everything else. So a plane ticket to Canada, maybe a plane ticket home. You know, from mm-hmm. from the from Mexico, uh, the Mexican border, which you're out in the middle of nowhere. The closest sort of cities to to the finish line would be El Paso or Tucson. So uh, you got to get yourself to those cities. Wow. <laughs> so uh, let, let's just say you're out in the middle of nowhere, uh, nowhere, no nowhere, and you're on your bike, um, and there's nobody around, and something goes wrong with your bike. You probably become a really good mechanic in the middle of nowhere you better know yeah how to fix yeah. you know things like uh, a bent derailleur a broken cable um or, or do you just ride until you can actually find somebody with either the tools or the expertise are you, are you carrying something let's let's sort of define this yeah is it uh basically a, a road bike or is it more like a touring bike that you're taking through it's pretty things? much the the bike um, or you know people hybrid. have tried a few different things but it's, it's definitely a mountain bike so mm-hmm. pretty much what everyone has sort of decided is is the best bike to do something like this as a race would be a, a 29er mountain bike uh-huh. a hardtail right um, some people are doing it with front forks. Some people are doing it with a rigid fork. It's not a technical route. It's um, it's a lot of forest service, um, Jeep trail, Jeep road. So it's a lot of gravel, a lot of dirt, nothing, uh-huh. you know, no big rocks or, or roots. There there are sections where you're um, a lot of fallen trees, you're having to hike over. So definitely a lightweight 29er mountain bike hardtail. So as you say this, and I have some great sense of direction. Do you ever get lost on yes. this thing? <laughs> Absolutely. Can, so you, the, can you relate a little bit of that without getting too traumatic in, in the studio here? No, it's yeah. The, na- navigating takes. It's amazing how much navigating you know takes. Um, you know your mental. You know, sort of fortitude to get to get through it. I mentioned at the beginning Adventure Cycling Association. So they have yeah. a set. Um, they've got set maps, and, and the entire route covers over six different maps. And on one side of the map is generally a hundred and ten miles, give or take. And it's right. sort of turn for turn directions that will um, coordinate with your cycling computer. So it would say turn, go twelve point four miles, and take a left on Frontage Road seventeen oh six. Um, and then you would, and it says continue over the creek for another twenty two point seven miles and veer right at the fence post. Oh, um, so yeah, your your um, your your navigating skills uh, better be uh, pretty top notch. Well, we're here in Los Angeles and it's a beautiful day out, but I'm imagining on a course like this, there must be days where the weather sort of turns on you. Yeah, so you can imagine June in Canada, northern Montana. It can range from you know, 10 degrees to yeah. 60 degrees. And, um, a lot of snow would st- is still residing up in uh-huh. the passes. And you'll see in the film, you know, racers are uh, hiking through four miles, five miles of, of snow up in the passes. So you're, you're, you're going to get snowed on, you're going to get rained on. Um, 
And, and you're just sort of shaking your head like, yeah, it's just par for the course. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just kind of what you sign up for. Wow. Well, it seems like something that will definitely bring out your character and, and tough you up. Now, um, we've been talking about this film like it's out there and never going to come to Los Angeles, but it is. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, that's one reason that I'm here, and, and uh, thanks for, for having me on the show. We're, uh, we're actually playing at the Downtown Independent Theater in L.A. here. A great venue. Uh, uh, I've never been there. so Oh, it's it's really fantastic. Not only have they are they, uh, I, I like to think a community film thing, maybe not like the Echo Park Film Center that, that's sort of uh, teaches media literacy, but they're, they're a great venue. We've had the Bicycle Film Festival there before, nice. and uh, they, they do a lot of things for, let's just say, cinema. As far as the venue itself, it's, it's uh, a technical marvel. I mean, uh, all sorts of formats from uh, widescreen to mm-hmm. all the digital formats now. And it looks and, like a great event uh, as far as sort of hanging out oh, and, and everything else. So, uh, and, and libations. We'll just leave yeah. it at that. We're not going to tell you about it. But well, there's stuff to eat and drink, and it's downtown. So uh, we like to think that it's making Los, uh, Los Angeles, downtown Los Angeles, a destination again or, or someplace to actually say, hey, let's go get something to eat before we see the movie and then maybe a drink with our friends afterwards or something. No, so, that, that's great. And it's this yeah. Monday, uh, December 13th. Uh, oh, wow. Door, doors open at 7 o'clock. So a couple days, uh, couple days away. So Monday, December 13th, doors open at 7. The show's at 8 o'clock. And we actually got the filmmakers and uh, three of the main characters from the film are going to be there doing oh, a Q&A. Fantastic. And speaking of uh, libations, there's going to be a rooftop party afterwards. And I have to do a huge thank you. You kind of mentioned um, that it, it's kind of bringing you know, indie film back to, the, yeah. back to L.A. here. And uh, we've got three awesome indie indie film sort of curators uh we got uh film courage which is a, a radio show and okay. some great great stuff that are bringing us in cinefist and uh cinema speakeasy so three sort of indie conglomerates have come together to bring uh, ride the divide to la we're really proud of that so uh, not not to dispel the downtown independent date but are there other dates around town you know we uh, there are no other dates around town uh, we, so guys uh, yeah, mark this, this on your calendar it's and monday this is it and um you there are tickets in advance at downtownindependent.com. We were in the area in April. Um, we released the film in April. We played at the Newport Beach Film Festival the middle the middle of April. And um, we've been on tour kind of with the film over the last seven months. And this is kind of a big end of the year hurrah with the film. But it's out. It's, it's in all venues. It's on iTunes. If you go to our website, uh, you can order the film. The film's on Amazon. It's, uh, it's in pretty much full distribution. Okay, he's he's got a DVD here, but I don't know if in Kill Radio it's in our in our budget to actually tear it open. Can we tear it open? Here, I'm going to let you do it. Uh, here, here, do it in front of the microphone so it actually sounds like it. Oh. We're gonna we're gonna play a little bit of it before we get to our next uh, thing oh, here. Yeah, you're, you're oh, here we go. Here we go. We're tearing it out. We're tearing it out. You know, all these other shows they don't do this. You never do this. I'm literally taking it, putting in the. Uh, and the little thing, and we're going to, the little thing being the DVD player. And, you, yes, that was the phone call in the background. Hold on. We have yet another guest today. Here we go. We're going to go to it. Wow, it looks beautiful. Or or is that just our thing here? Our, oh, God. Did I go to the wrong one? Uh, maybe. All right. Here. Here. I'm, I'm going to give him the controls. This is. These are some of the skills you need to use when you come into the Kill Radio studio. You have to know how to Here how to navigate your own thing. Okay, try it now. Oh, uh, interesting. It's 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 actually scary. This 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 being Kill Radio. We're gonna go to the top of the menu again. 
Let's see if it uh, flushes. And there we go. There he is. And uh, we're going to listen to, that's right, Ride the Divide for, uh, I don't know, two, three minutes, and then get to our next caller. Music sounds great. When I was first approached by Mike, yeah, we're, uh, we just released the soundtrack a few. Uh, here I'm talking over the film. Oh, yeah. no, no. And this is you. Mike, you're actually working. It looks you know, on your bike in the middle of nowhere. Uh, building up a new bike, building up a new moots. Uh, speaking of Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Huh. Um, wow. Yeah, we just released the soundtrack. Uh, a lot of the musicians in, in the film are from the region. Uh, British Columbia, Montana, um, New Mexico, Colorado. So, and, and, and people are really loving the music in the film. So we were kind of forced to re- release a soundtrack, and, and people are digging awesome. it. Awesome. And then us being a musical station will hopefully get a hold of that. Here we go. We're going to bring up the a little bit, and here's a, a brief little preview of Ride the Divide. Blessing of his wife and two kids. So we are. We're adjusting around this dream, and it's huge. It really is. It's an, kind of an epic thing that he's doing. Mike's inner desire to see great things and leave his blah-filled office life behind was beckoning him. He was ready for the ride of a lifetime and a challenge that would have him reaching new heights and ultimately allowing him to connect with his inner bearings in a way he'd never done before. You know, I kind of liken it to some extent like a vision quest, you know, just kind of getting out to nature, you know, trying to get in touch with, you know, I don't know, spirit, the universe, whatever, and it's got to be a 180 degree, you know, difference from a high-rise, Big city, corporate America, telephone, internet. He wasn't alone. Fifteen people from around the world were psyching up their souls and fitting their bikes, ready to pedal the Great Divide. Included in this group was Matthew Lee, who was getting ready for what he hoped would be his fifth and final successful attempt. He'd have a lot to think about as he was only a month away from becoming a father. Life's too short not to take these adventures like this. You have to take the time. You have to make these types of experiences a priority because if you don't, you'll live your life and never uh, be changed in the ways that the divide can change you. And Mary Metcalf Collier was the first female who would attempt to race the entire length of the route. Whatever the outcome, I think that in the end of it, I'll have learned more about myself and, you know, just had a lot of time to think about everything you know and time to think about nothing too the great divide route is a network of lost mountain passes and valleys that are traversed uh, by a, a patchwork quilt of forest service roads and trails and four-wheeler roads double tracks you'll end up climbing over 200,000 feet up and over the rockies which is would be equivalent of climbing Mount Everest from sea level to the top of Mount Everest seven times. That's a whole lot of climbing. This race is more than just fitness. You know, this race is about logistics. This race is about getting a system, you know, and I say this is what it's about and I don't know yet because I haven't done this race, but in my perspective, this this race is a lot about um, being able to be alone out in the wilderness. You know, get the Tour de France out of your mind. There's no support teams. There's no 
one driving up in their car, handing you food and drinks through the window. This route is entirely, this race is entirely self-supported. You carry your gear, if something breaks, you fix it. If you run out of water, you deal with it. Mike, Anthony, and I got together for some final preparations on getting Mike ready and figuring out how we'd get this experience on film. Whitefish is almost exactly 100 miles from, from the Canadian border. We spent the last few days before the start of the race traveling to Banff, making sure to visit Mike's mom where he had his hair chopped. <laughs> There's the other half. Oh, here's where you were really little on your bike. We also got the inside dirt on Mike as a kid. <laughs> Matthew, Mary, and Mike's emotional journey embodies something for all of us as we find ourselves pedaling forward on paths that will help us understand a little bit more about our own lives and journeys ahead. You're going out and you're challenging yourself and you're doing something physical and you're pushing your limits. I think that's the most normal thing that there is. Tomorrow, 10 o'clock, we'll leave in kind of group formation from here and head towards the Wow. Uh, this, this, of course, uh, Bike Talk and uh, Mike, Mike Dion just doing a, a sign-off. Uh, Mike, you were telling us, uh, uh, let's just say, a perk for some of our listeners out there. Yeah, definitely a perk. If you guys can't make it to the show Monday night, I mentioned we are selling DVDs and Blu-rays, and we got some pretty cool holiday um, packs on our website, ridethedividemovie.com. And when you check out, there's a code. If you put in bike talk, uh, one word, as the code, you'll get free shipping. That's pretty, us. On pretty much uh, anything. Free uh, shipping for the holidays. And, and I'm not saying that you need to have gifts when you go see your bike friends, but, hey, this sounds like a no-brainer. No-brainer. Okay. Hey, Mike, thanks a lot. Welcome to Los Angeles. Have a great time here. I hope, right. hope to see you on Monday. Uh, absolutely. And if you're still wearing your tweed, uh, we'd love to see your tweed Monday night, <laughs> too, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot. And th this would be the time where... Nick would put on some sort of musical kind of appreciation here. Uh, needless to say, we're, we're I'm clueless here with all the electronics, but uh, a little bit of the Huffingtons before we get to uh, one of our friends here. It is Kill Radio. Let's see if I can do this. And it, you're listening to, that's right, Bike Talk. What are you guys doing for the holidays now that you can't ride through Griffith Park and look at that 
glorious light expo that the DWP always puts out for us. What are you doing this holiday season, huh? Well, this holiday season, we'll be joining um, with Councilmember Tom LaBange over in the Larchmont and 4th Street area uh, and doing our second annual family holiday bike ride. Wow, what day uh, is that? That is coming up next Sunday, December 19th at 4 p.m. Sunday, and Sunday, Sunday, huh? Sunday, 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 December 19th, 4 p.m., we're going to meet up at the Rotary Club Christmas Tree Lot, which is on the corner of Larchmont and Clinton. Uh-huh. And no, we'll start off. I know exactly where it was. Pardon? I know exactly where that is. Last year they did some caroling and stuff. Did, should I be putting on my uh, singing voice and things? Yeah, yeah. Practice. i got to work on my voice. i got the flu, so I don't oh. know if it sounds too good. Hopefully it's gone by next week. But, um... But, yeah, hopefully we'll be doing some uh, singing at some of the houses in the area, seeing some great lights. And um, then at the end, the Larchmont Bungalow over on Larchmont is going to provide us with hot cocoa and cookies and all the, for all the families and kids that come out. So it's a catered ride. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, no, I, I'm joking, because there's a lot of people that take you being part of the bike culture on your word, and they, they show up and start filling pockets and, you know, Baggies and everything else, you know, and take it home. No, I'm done. Anyway, this this sounds fantastic. You guys have been really busy for the last couple of weeks, haven't you? Yeah, it's been a busy time. Last uh, Sunday, we or last Saturday, I'm sorry, we had a little uh, sort of mini river ride down to see the new section of the uh, LA River Pass that just opened up in the Legion Valley. Yeah, you know, um, I, I you know I got to uh, jump in here and say. I sort of took it for granted that you guys just done nothing. You may have swept it out, um, put a new pole in or something. And then on Wednesday, my friend says, hey, let's take the river ride. And I'm going, oh, I don't want to go on that place. It's all dark at night. And, you know, you're going to get jacked or something, lose your butt. He goes, you're an idiot. Didn't you go on Saturday? And I said, well, yeah, but I, didn't, you know, I was really busy. I figured I'd you know, take the streets because it would be faster. And he says, no, you got to take this. So 11 o'clock on a Wednesday, we went on this thing. It totally lit up. It's it's like being on the nicest, safest street now, isn't it? Yeah, it's really nice. And hopefully, you know, DOT is working on trying to fix the lights along the rest of the path north of the new area. Yeah. One of the issues up there is that, you know, the copper wiring and stuff with the back right, of right. people have been breaking in and taking it out. So just trying to figure out how to get the lights on the rest of the path working better. And, so and this, this goes right. back to being part of the community, too. If you see somebody working on a light thing, you know, tell them. You know, you can be part of the, the solution here. Don't let our lights get stolen. Yeah, And, and yeah. This, will, this will really help out. It's almost like empowering you to, to help out. The, the path is fantastic. In fact, the crummy path with all the bumps and stuff is now the good path. So we're trying to get everything to look like the good path. And hopefully it, it'll just keep expanding. I'm, I was I was totally elated. And uh, uh Maybe maybe some uh, foreshadowing kudos, but this this is fantastic. So just one thing, but this being radio, what else are you doing? Well, you know, there's a couple important meetings coming up next week that if folks have time to come out, you know, it's always worthwhile. The uh, LA Bike Plan is heading back to the City Planning Commission on Thursday, December 16th, bright and early in the morning at 8.30 up in Van Nuys, the Van mm -hmm. Nuys City Hall. No, it's it's funny you should mention that because I'm I'm on the social ride last night and that was one of the first things somebody asked me. They said, "Hey, you know, there's there's some meetings coming up next week. Do, do you know about them? You know?" And I'm sitting there trying to to just enjoy it. And I'm saying, "Yeah, that's that's a real important thing. You need to go to these things, right?" Yeah, yeah, it's really important. I mean, we've 
uh, together, the LA County Bicycle Coalition with Joe Linton from the Bicycle Advisory Committee and um, uh, Alex Thompson from BikeSide have done a lot of work to sort of address some of the issues um, that were brought up at the last Planning Commission meeting. So we all hope to be able to stand in support of the bike plan moving forward on Thursday. Um, I spent a lot of yesterday reading through it, and I encourage folks to take a look at the plan because you can, they've put it up online on the LA Bike Plan website, and you can actually, they've just left it with all the track changes, so you can kind of read between what was there and what's been changed. Well, when you, when you say that, you get a historical perspective of, of what, what is uh, the, the evolution of the bike plan. How does it stand right now? You know, there's been a lot of improvements made. There's more um, education components, and I'd say one of the, the big changes um, has been, uh, well, two of the big changes. One of them is there's a lot more accountability and tracking built into a lot of the policies. So when we're talking about funding policies or education, um, various things, there's now included on that reporting of, you know, how many people are educated each year, how many, how many grant opportunities did the city apply for, and how many were they actually funded and all of that is supposed to be worked into a yearly report, um, well, quarterly reports by the bicycle um, plan implementation team right. to the transportation committee. But then also now city planning is going to be required at the end of every year to present a full report that sort of culminate, pulls all those different reports from DOT and Department of Public Works and Rex and Park um, and LAPD into sort of an overall report on the status of the plan. How is it being implemented? Where is it being successful? Where is there need for more improvement? So that hopefully we have ongoing accountability. Um, and this is sort of modeled on a lot of the stuff that New York City has been able to do with their plan NYC documents, where every year they release a report. This is what we've done. We've gotten XYZ done. And this is, you know, they're reporting on everything from bike-related stuff to housing. Um, but it allows for more transparency and accountability so that we can really see where we need to improve, but also just the wins. And, you know, hopefully this means that we'll actually start to track. You know, one of the big things is that there are a lot of collisions in the city that affect cyclists um, and pedestrians, and those aren't tracked well. And that, that information isn't really made readily public. Mm-hmm. Um, Bikeside has done a good job of trying to, to sort of fill that gap, but we need the city to step up to the plate since LAPD does collect that data and make it public so we can see where we're improving. You know, if, if all of a sudden we put in some new bike infrastructure and accidents have decreased, that's a huge thing. The city should be promoting that. Yeah, it really should. You, you, you talk almost about the idea that now all these policies are going to have some metrics or some recourse or something, which which is pretty important to how um, you you would think they would have uh, uh, been doing this all along, but uh, this this is something new for them, right? Yeah, it is. It really is. I think one of the things the city of L.A., you know, there's staffing and funding issues, but a lot of this stuff is kind of collected anyways, and they do monitor it. They just don't do a good job of making this information available. available. And yeah. so, um, you know, it's asking them to do a little bit more work, but at the same time, you know, we can't ever improve if we don't admit our faults. Um, so this is part of that, to sort of make it apparent where the issues are so that we can really start to make, you know, improvements. Yeah, so so true, so true. So, um, once again, just to recap this, and um, I'm, I'm really conscious of the fact that you're you're doing this sick for us here on Bike Talk. Uh, maybe maybe we could have our listeners call in with some some remedies or some hold uh, recipes to get you well. I'm, I'm thinking sure of miso thing. soup off the top of my head. That's I do want to. 
I do want to just take this opportunity to plug one more meeting. Real oh, quick. absolutely. This, this plug has em. to do with, with bike plans as well, and that is um, the Bicycle Action Plan in Santa Monica. There's a community meeting this Monday, um, December 13th at 6.30 p.m. at the Santa Monica Civic Center Auditorium in the East Wing. Uh-huh. And this is an opportunity for folks in Santa Monica to sort of get involved in helping uh, with bike plans and, and education and outreach programs in Santa Monica. Um, they have a great new land use and circulation element that's come out, which has a vision for bicycling, but doesn't really sort of hone in on all the nitty-gritty of what's needed to really improve the cycling situation in Santa Monica. So that's what this process is going to be starting on Monday. Yeah, I know there's so many different groups and stuff. I, I know that there was also Spoke that was doing some education with schools out there, too. Um, this, this seems like you're, you're always trying to sort of field all these different groups or something, but it uh, sounds like regardless if you belong to a group or if you're just an individual, you can come to these meetings and sort of sort of find other people of like idea or, or just uh, uh, offer your own opinion or solution too, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I definitely recommend for folks that live in Santa Monica to get involved with Santa Monica Spoke. They're a regional chapter of L.A. County Bicycle College coalition you know one of the things for us is that we sort of we spend a lot of time focused on the city of la but we really are a county-wide organization and in order for us to really affect change in all of the communities the 88 cities in our in our county we really need to or we, we are trying to grow local advocacy so santa monica spoke is one of the organizations that we're helping to support um, and then there's also the Culver City Bicycle Coalition, uh, Better Bicycle Beverly Hills, um, the West San Gabriel Valley Bicycle Coalition, um, and the uh, South Bay Bicycle Coalition as well. Yeah, and then now everybody thinks about if you're if you're part of the coalition now you're some hipster or something. That's not true at all. Anybody can join this thing. And in fact, um, you, you, it's not about making what what rights kind to make that definite membership fee or something, you'll, you'll take any kind of donations or anything. It's just about sometimes people and, and who you can mark, right? Yeah. I mean, we're as much about advocacy as we are just about trying to build community and bring people together. And cycling in Los Angeles, is it, it, there's no one type of cyclist. There's all kinds of cyclists. So yeah. we're definitely an equal opportunity cycling organization. <laughs> Which, which is which is what you want when it comes to cycling and stuff. You mentioned there that uh, there really all this information gets collected, but there's no demis- d- dissemination of it. You yourself have a website that's pretty fantastic that tries to get as much into it. In fact, when I open up my email, I have a link to you guys, which is pretty great. What what is your your online kind of presence there? Our uh, online our website is la-bike.org. Um, and you can also find us at lacbc.wordpress.com. And I will let you know that we are planning on launching a new, more improved website uh, early next year. Ooh. So stay tuned for that. LABike.org will be revamped and hopefully live sometime in early 2011. Well, Alexis, I want to thank you for taking off from your, your busy holiday schedule to tell us about all the goings-on here in uh, the bike community. Um, Fantastic. Hope, hope to see you out there next week. You know, somebody called in and, and earlier and and said that uh, it's it's not a political thing with the uh, LACBC, though there are going to be some officials at this uh, uh, tree thing next week with the kids and stuff. Anybody can come. It doesn't matter who you're supporting in this election that's coming up or anything, right? 
Exactly, exactly. Anyone can come. It's open to everybody. You know, at this point, since Tom Bond is still the council member, we wanted to have yeah, him come out. Yeah, see Tom stick his foot in his mouth. That's, that's exactly. always a great thing. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> but we encourage everyone to come out and just yeah. have a great time with us. And, that, and that's the other thing I want to tell people, too. A lot of people went last week to the River Ride opening. God bless you. To the River Ride opening, and they, they departures were there from KCT and a couple other things, and they didn't get to t- tell their story. Um, you can still submit these things. They have a website, too, if you want to tell them a, a story about the L.A. River or uh, want to relate some sort of thing where the L.A. River has helped you. There were people doing blessings, performance art to people just saying, hey, I really like what you guys are doing. Uh, I remember coming down here as a kid and fishing, or I remember uh, some of the, the great events that we've had here on the L.A. River. And, and it was that kind of thing that I think they're trying to do, almost like a – uh, a story core kind of uh, uh, archive or something for, for, for yeah. this. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Alexis. And uh, who's your favorite radio station? Oh, definitely Kill Radio. All uh, right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, uh, as luck would have it, this is um, Joan Linton, and, and this is how things sort of self-pollinate. This is Joan Linton on a cycle ride, and we're in the L.A. River, so it kind of all ties in here. We'll listen to this for a few seconds. It is Kill Radio Bike Talk, and I'm filling in for, that's right, the ever media mammal, that, of course, Nick, who usually is here on Saturdays. Rock videos begin and end. We're in the 6th Street Bridge. Yeah, absolutely. On the L.A. River. And you're going to hear Joe Linton for a little bit talk about it. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the Los Angeles River. Back in the, back in the golden days, in the, in the earliest written accounts of the Los Angeles area, uh, they talked about the Los Angeles River as a lush and pleasant space in every respect. That was movie Florida. That was covered with flowers, wild sage, wild roses, sycamore trees, and really the reason Los Angeles is where it is is because of the LA River. So unfortunately, it used to flood a lot, used to kill a lot of people, take a lot of bridges, take a lot of homes. And so after two big floods in the 1930s, the city brought in the Army Corps of Engineers and uh, paved all 52 miles of the river. There are sections that, are, that have soft bottoms, that have more fish and birds, but in, in downtown we've got three sides concrete and not a lot of life. But what we do have are beautiful historic bridges. So. In the, in the 10s, 20s, and 30s, the city built uh, about three dozen uh, gorgeous bridges over the LA River. Um, we're standing underneath the 6th Street Viaduct. We've got the 7th Street Bridge and the 4th Street Bridge. 
they all have similar styles. They were part of a thing called the City Beautiful movement, where it was felt that, that the, the folks who lived in cities had a really awful time. And so part of the role of government was to build beautiful architecture to uplift the souls of, of those uh, denizens of our cities. And so uh, so each, each bridge has a different theme. Like this, uh, the 4th Street Bridge is kind of gothic. It's sort of based on on medieval, like cathedral. <laughs> and then uh, the 7th Street Bridge is actually, there was a 1910 bridge, a lower bridge, and they built the second, the second deck in the 20s. So like that. So all the bridges have slightly different flavors. The bridge we're underneath is actually Art Deco. It's about a mile long, built in 1932. It's got some uh, earthquake issues these days. If you look down uh, stream, that you can see the, the little white areas where it's been repaired. The city's actually planning to take this bridge out and put in a an ugly contemporary bridge. Uh, so, and uh, so I just want to make a pitch. So I'm, uh, my name's Joe Linton, and I'm Cycles Campaigns Coordinator. And um, I wrote a book, you know, back in the good old days, there were these things called books. Um, I wrote a book about the LA River that's a guidebook that shows you places to walk and bike. So, and, and I also blog at a place called LA Creek Freak. So if you're interested in learning more about the LA River, what it used to be, what it, and what it can be in the future, Talk to me or buy my book. Excellent. So again, if you come down by the river's edge, that's a scary movie, um, you will be able to see about three bridges, each one different, right in front of me, that are quite impressive. What, what they started building them in the 1910s? And yeah, these are all from the 20s and 30s that you can see. From so they're all 20s and 30s. Are these Merrill Butler bridges? There. And then to the other side, we've got another two or three. So we've got like eight incredible bridges crossing this river. Scaredy cats up there on the hill. So many movies have been shot here. Which ones, Paul? Oh, I'm not going to go into them. Terminator 2. Terminator 2. It's an old-timey classic. Repo Man. Repo Man. If you saw the movie SWAT, they land an airplane on the bridge. Whoa. <laughs> and they wore old-timey outfits. Damn. Damn, the ants come out of here. Yeah. Oh, oh, out of this sound? Well, not this one in particular. Actually, they do. They do come out of this What else comes out of the L.A. River? They're greased with some right Greece. Greece. What? Wait, wait. Didn't they do? No, they didn't do a car seat. You're the one that I love. <laughs> All right. So next stop, is everyone ready for Royal Clayton's? Woo! Where you can get a frothy nice one and compete in one of the hardest, toughest Iron Man classics. The Tweed, Moxie, and Mustache competition. It is Kill Radio, and you're listening to last month's, or last, actually last year's uh, Tweed Ride. Uh, Joe is there, and I'm I'm pretty certain that uh, Joe might be here this time. Hey, uh, it is Bike Talk, and uh, we've been having a, a full, fun-filled morning um, with uh, Mike and Alexis now. And uh, we're, we're actually going to listen to a little bit more of this while I see if I can get somebody else on the line here. It is Kill Radio. This is Bike Talk. Let's get back to the river ride. It's a lot heavier going it's uphill. It's 75 pounds. Oh. <laughs> 
That's the actual soundtrack from the ride. Uh, everybody thinks that uh, it's something we put in here at the station. No. In fact, uh, the women from Cycle, or the, they like to call themselves girls, but uh, I sort of, uh, I, I think they're high-class women in my, my uh, kind of expertise, and, the, and some of the men, too. Um, they were one of the first organizations to embrace the sound system on these things, and they have a, a sort of a rolling soundtrack, so to speak. Uh, I wonder what they're going to be having today. And if you're uh, getting out there, don't feel like you've missed uh, anything from Bike Talk, where you have a podcast that you can access uh, here on the Kill Radio site, kill, killradio.org, or at, uh, as we said before, uh, the KPFK podcast. So, it is Kill Radio. This is Bike Talk, and I'm, as said before, I'm Chicken Leather. I do a show here on Saturday nights called Talk is Still Cheap from 6 to 8, where we embrace uh, some of the goings-on in, let's just say, it's our public affairs show for all of greater Los Angeles. It is Kill Radio. Uh, today, we were, we were trying to find, and that's why we've been putting out this uh, lush kind of call, uh, some of the uh, local bands that we've been playing, we, we played the Huffingtons that played the Toy Ride. We're going to see if we can uh, channel them once more. And um, this is us walking back through the, uh, the bowels of the Sixth Street Bridge. If you've never been down there, it's a great little day thing. I, I do it with friends. Uh, I know late at night, uh, some of the film crews, you're saying... Should we feel, fear the film crews more than the homeless? Definitely. Last night they were filming last night. It was pretty pretty intense. They had all the lights up, uh, almost blinding us. And here we are on a bridge, and they're blinding us with a, it looked like some sort of condor mechanism, which is uh, just like it sounds. It's a huge light that's propelled at the height of where condors usually ride. And here we're going to hear some actual biking on the last tweet ride. It is Kill Radio. almost like uh, an old arcade show or something, walking down the boardwalk. Street for New York. CSI used to film over here. 
Kill Radio, just some of the sounds. Kill Radio, some of the sounds of, that's right, the last tweet ride, something to look forward to today, this happening at noon at the Bike House. Hey, but if you missed this ride, don't feel like you've missed it. We're, we're going to be recapping it here. And there's always all sorts of events going on, uh, not only on the tweet ride, but uh, as stated before, we here at the bike scene try to make you aware of these. You can always check it out online at uh, if you're looking for a ride at the uh, uh, the website Midnight Riders R I D A Z Z, or uh, at some of the other sites Cycle C I C L E dot org. They have a site you can check it out. Also, uh, and you're going to hear me say one other thing that uh, I'm sure you've heard me say before. Um, one other bike collective in the Northeast Los Angeles area you might be aware of or unaware of. And we're going to mention it right now. This is the prelude to me. Uh, I think I put on the wrong one. Oh, I did not. There is also, that's right, the big Northeast Los Angeles art slash ride slash. Uh, it, you know, I wonder if you could do the same thing walking as we do on bikes, and I doubt it. We do our big Northeast Los Angeles, that's right, art night there in lovely, um, I, I guess, Cypress slash um, Highland Park, and we cover the area, meeting about 6.30, leaving at 7, and tonight, a musical interpretation. This would be the point where I put on their music from Peg Leg Love. And lo and behold, another phone call. But that's tonight, uh, 7 o'clock. Let's see who's on the phone. Kill Radio, Bike Talk. And lo and behold, another phone. Oh, uh, this is uh, DJ Straight Ahead. Straight Ahead. Hey, Straight Ahead. How's it going? Well, I just want to tell everybody about the, as we speak, the Echo Park Christmas, Christmas Parade is going on. Wow. This is breaking news. With DJ... Um, with DJ, our, 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 our own ex-DJ, uh, Raquello at the Grandmaster. No, you're kidding. Sitting in that convertible. Wow. You know, David Raquello is also going to be doing his sixth annual uh, holiday parole parade. And that's not like he's going on parole from being evicted. Paroles being uh, those star things that they make in the Filipino community. That's going on next uh, Friday at uh, 5. And uh, they're going to be... Uh, having a parade at uh, 2328 West Temple Street. So 5 o'clock next Friday. And uh, lo and behold, the party ends over at the Lord of Harvest Ministries with all sorts of contest prizes and, of course, food, food, food. Well, he, he's just a holiday parade guy. Yeah. Wait, I, I, would, I would be so bold as to say one of those holiday horrors, huh? <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, we all have to support him because he's a, he, he does a lot for the community. He's the president of the uh, Rampart Neighborhood Congress, and he's neighborhood neighborhood area Congress, and he's he's secretary of the Echo Park Neighborhood Council. Absolutely, all all sorts of fun stuff. Hey, um, well, you being out there must mean that you're out there in. Uh, the greater Echo Park area today. What were you doing? Getting some breakfast, or were you just uh, tooling around the neighborhood doing your shopping for the holidays? Well, actually, DJ Chicken Leather, 
and a fine DJ you are. Uh. Um, I'm actually working in my bedroom office right now trying to get some work done, but later I guess I'm going to be a trader. I'm going to an event in Venice in Venice today at the Venice Love Shack Gift Bazaar. Oh, it's not, that's not being a trader. You know, I'd like to believe that we all work together here, even if you're just getting some stuff for the holiday season. Sometimes that special gift means crossing boundaries and lines and stuff. It's just how you do it, whether you're doing it uh, green. I, I, I like to say that I'm doing all these rides today, carrying a ton of stuff uh, just to capture the essence of it, but uh, I'm doing it all on a bicycle, and whether you're doing it on a bike or, or just uh, sort of planning ahead with a car so you're not just making one trip, but you're you're doing multiple trips really helps the environment. Well, let me ask you this, DJ Chicken Leather, because yes. you're kind of a Southern California guy, one of the few, few rare natives I know. I heard on KPCC this morning that they're having a boat parade both in the marina uh-huh. and in venice now in the venice canals are there still venice canals uh there is and um the only reason i know that is because they're very cinematic and by that i mean they they shoot a lot of movies there and in fact i've i've been on a couple of film shoots where we literally had to wait in line while other people who had permitted the venice canals to get their shot pack it up and then go and then basically the next film crew would come in and do it and uh, you'd be surprised how much of uh, how many canals there were well i know in the early in the early um in the, in the early uh, oh, absolutely. century there were a lot let's see brooks uh, venice itself i mean all these places that are now filled in used to be canals and so i think now there's only like maybe two or three uh of course canal street used to be a canal well, how can they like have a boat parade there today? Is it that long? Do they have enough water in there? Um, they, they probably don't have enough water, but what they do is they make up for it with uh, just uh, splash. So they'll have the band sort of parade up to the canal. They'll have the little regatta of the canal, and then they'll go to the other side, which, which has been paved in, too, and come around. So it's like there's two little inlets that are almost like disjointed, they used to do this, and it's kind of sad. It's almost like a fish tank. I think they have to go out there and uh, uh, clean it every once in a while. The canal, which is kind of kind of a strange kind of thing, uh, hearing about places like Venice that are basically sinking because there's so much water and stuff. Here's one where they they literally have to truck in water and clean it and, and sort of do it. But, well, bless uh, your heart. Maybe that's good that you're still. They didn't end well, and they're still part of the city of LA. It, it's and the fantastic. City funds to do that. Yeah, it's fantastic if you need that, that shot. We, we're here at Bike Talk talking about all the, the bike places and things to see today. But uh, that, that's a great one. And in fact, I've biked. This is, this is a great shot. We've had people bike over the canal bridge and then sort of whip, swish pan around and, and see the boats coming up through or, or something. And uh, so many movies to, that uh, and television shows that you know, it's just, it's like a postcard for us. Oh, well, listen, getting back to, back on the subject at hand, bike talk, uh, uh, yesterday in the L.A. Times, there was an article where they're going to make an MTA-only line on Wilshire between downtown L.A. and Westwood. Right. Uh, are you familiar with that? Oh, absolutely. We've been talking about this. In fact, uh, two years ago, we, we've been mentioning Tom LeBond, but I, I never saw Tom out there writing that uh, section of what is, quote-unquote, the Expo Express line, that we're still waiting for the Express part of it. But uh, we wrote it. Uh, uh, 
Mr. Box uh, sort of organized an impromptu bike ride, and, and true to his word, he just said, let's just ride the damn thing and see how it is. Uh, I don't see a lot of political officials with that same kind of, uh, let's, let's just say, uh, fortitude to say, hey, you know, instead of just talking about it and getting into a car and riding this thing, why don't we just take a bike and we can actually stop and look and, and experience what, what they're talking about. We're, we're not sort of walled off because we're in a car. We can actually see uh, and experience what the community is and stuff. And, and lo and behold, when we did get to, to uh, uh, I guess it's, is it Jordan High School that's there on the route or one of the high schools there? Um, it, they were out. They, they seemed, they didn't have a problem. And there wasn't that much traffic that's been talked about. That if you increased uh, the bus line, you, you're out to get kids getting run over and stuff. And I, I found just the opposite. These are kids that deal with gunshots and everything. I, I think they're more, and I, not not to say that they're going to be fending off all the violence in the area, but uh, from a, a viewpoint, I think they're a little more coherent to what goes on in their streets. Uh, um, but, hey, I'm the first one to tell you, you can put somebody on a cell phone, they lose all sense of reality, it seems. Well, well DJ, DJ Chicken Leather, and a fine DJ you are, and I don't want to take up too much of your time, but again, now again, I'm talking about this. It's the MTA bus line that they voted on last week, yeah. and it's going to shut down certain parts of Wilshire Boulevard. Oh, that one, yes, that's 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 further up from there. Um, well, I, I, I like that. If, you, if I could just take a few minutes, I just wanted to read two short paragraphs. Sure, go uh, ahead. You see, this bus line is going to go from downtown L.A. to UCLA on Wilshire Boulevard. Okay, now, the elite, a lot of the elite homeowners on Wilshire Boulevard in Westwood decided they don't want it. So it's only going to be broken up in the elite sections of Westwood. If I can just take a few minutes to read a paragraph that was in the LA Times yesterday. Sure. And what it is, it's about, it's about people who are criticizing these elite homeowners on Wilshire Boulevard, who do not want the bus lane in front of their house. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it goes to that Conyo, uh, uh, what is it, Condo Canyon there. What it's called? Wilshire. It's called that section in Westwood is called the Westwood One Thousands. Uh. That's supposed to be one of the most expensive zip codes in the country. Well, Wilshire Boulevard goes through Westwood, right? That Condo Canyon. Yeah. I think Michael Jackson had a condo there. Madonna has one. But um, okay, listen to this. This is from the L.A. Times yesterday. Um, and the title of the article was Wilshire Bus Lane, Wilshire Bus Lanes, uh, Wilshire Bus Only Lanes Approved. <clears throat> Some who opposed to breaking up the bus lanes accused the MTA board of caving in to the interests of well-off homeowners at the expense of low-wage earners, students, and others who would use the line. Quote, you need to prioritize the interests of those who work and go to school over the interests of a few said Alexis Lance of the Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition. Mm-hmm. Um, quote, uh, unquote, quote, you need to think beyond the views of elite Westwood homeowners, close quote. Other critics to the project would have little effect on motorists, and the exemption sets a bad president that would encourage other interest groups to try to eliminate parts of projects they disagree with. So I just wanted to, quote, give you that this morning. That, that article was in yesterday's LA Times. Yeah. No, uh, you, you bring up an interesting point, and that's what I think Alexis from uh, the LACBC was trying to say, that uh, you really need to get involved with these politics. Uh, personally, we've got to make a solution, and this is uh, just a, one little baby step forward, or maybe it's bigger than a baby step, but it's a step forward to actually see 
uh, a, a solution to some of the gridlock. Um, they're, they're not going to close off Wilshire Boulevard to cars and just have buses and bikes. This is one lane out of a multi-lane uh, traffic system that will hopefully be alleviating some of the gridlock. Um, everybody always thinks that if you're eliminating a lane, you're, you're, you're sort of locking it off to cars, and it's just the opposite. What you've done is you've opened it up to bikes. You've opened it up to uh, buses, uh, forms of mass transportation that will alleviate some of the gridlock. If you, if you could carry these buses, and I'm just putting a hypothetical in these bike lanes, um, with to capacity, can you imagine what the traffic uh, commute would be like? I mean, if more people were riding their buses in the morning and, and taking their bicycles, my God, traffic would be insane. And in fact, for a while there, um, there, and I, I'm just using an, an example, um, when when this, uh, um, and, and this is sad, but when the when the economy got so bad, it was it's it's been a lot easier to get around town because nobody's on the freeways trying to get to work. Well, I mean, I, that, I know, that's and I know a sad you like kind of but, but I'd like to believe that this is the same kind of uh, uh, effect that something like uh, a bike lane or, uh, in this case, the, the uh, transportation corridor of Wilshire Boulevard might present itself if, if you well, could reduce traffic. Well, well, one thing, DJ, check on there, and if I DJ, you it's, are. It's only one or two percent that actually... Uh, of car capacity that causes gridlock, and if you can find another way to either get them around on a bus or, or by rail or, or by bike, you, you've done that and, and sort of streamlined people's trip. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no, no. Oh, actually, you bring up another good point yeah. because, um, um, and I know you drive, you, you, you ride your bike 24/7, but a lot of times, um, um, especially when I was when I was doing prop work and I had to take kids across town early yeah. in the morning, yeah. us Angelinos know. There's certain times of day you do not, during the weekday, you do not go on Wilshire Boulevard. No. You know, like in the morning and in the, and in, and in the early evening, late, late afternoon. I mean, you do not go on Wilshire. Only, the only stupid people who go on Wilshire Boulevard are tourists. Yeah, I, I don't think that's, that's a, an oxymoron uh, at all. But uh, I don't think it's only tourists. I think some people that don't know how to navigate the city will we'll take the main arteries and stuff. And that was the argument for, for maybe extending um, and having um, the bike size came up, having a, 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 an east-west corridor, uh, just ex not just exclusively for bikes, but that might uh, be one of the arteries that, that if people ride their bike. What you, see, you see, Chick, yeah. what they wanted to do for the past 15 or 20 years, they've been trying to think of some way, because actually, literally, ever since I've been in L.A., um, there's been that gridlock right there on Wall Street during rush hour, and they've even thought of these, like, space-age designs of having a monorail going down through the Miracle Mile over, over top of the, you know, up in the air, but this, I think this is, next to the, the red line underground, this is the next best thing they're going to do, and you know that train is going to open up um, this time next year, that train that goes from Union Station to SC, through Crenshaw, and over to Culver City, and then into Santa Monica. Yeah. And um, they've, the, the MTA board last month approved to continue the red line down Wilshire from Western to the, to the Vets, the yeah. VA hospital in, in Westwood. Yeah, now, now you, you being both a commuter and a, somebody that drives, uh, how do you how do you feel about uh, them 
doing this during gridlock and, and stuff. Um, what, what's your opinion on a personal level about that? What do you mean? You mean them having the bus only lanes? Yeah, or? yeah. If you had, now instead of taking Wilshire Boulevard, you either have to sit in gridlock or, or find some other way. I, I know that you know the city a little better than you sort of lean on. I mean, you could, I, and this is just off the top, you could take 6th Street, you could go down the 9th, you could either go to uh, Olympic, which seems to be something that they were looking forward to, to making a, a one-way for a while, that and Pico, but... Uh, well, thank God they didn't do that, I don't think that would work. Well, but, but they, well I mean, this is a solution, their, their kind of answer to solution, what was the argument? The, the same thing, that uh, not in my neighborhood, you got to fix it, but pick somebody else's neighborhood to fix it with? Well, again, you live right in Koreatown. You're right there in the belly of the beast. And, and having said that, I very rarely want to take my car anywhere because I know how bad parking is. And, in fact, that's what led to this whole bike revolution. I found that if I get on my bike, I get there faster because I'm not having to, A, fight the traffic the same way. Uh, not only are you invigorated physically, but by the time you do get there, you don't have to spend another hour looking for parking. Well, let me, to answer your question that you said a minute yeah. ago, to tell you the truth, uh, DJ Chicken Leather, I'm looking forward to them doing this. They say this bike lane is not going to be done until 20, 2012. I mean, I, well, it's an MTA lane uh -huh. until 2012. And like I said, I don't, do, I don't, I don't work in the movie industry that, hardly that much anymore, so I'm not shuffling prop kits across town all uh -huh. week. But um, like I do go to activities at, at LACMA. I went to a lot of the free concerts at LACMA yeah. last summer, uh -huh. <clears throat> and and um, I got caught in that gridlock. Yeah, you know. So I I think it's a good idea having these uh, dedicated uh, MTA lanes. You know. Well, that's 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 one opinion, and of course you're right now in Echo Park. You know, I wonder if it catches on here. Do you think uh, that might be? A way to alleviate some of the things is I look over our, our expansive uh, landscape here and just see a blocked 101 freeway going downtown. And uh, oh my God, on Saturday, on Saturday, Saturday morning, morning. Oh I'm, I'm wondering. There's no Laker game today. There's nothing like that, and yet all these people are backed up. Maybe it's the holiday rush, but I gotta be honest. This is how it always is. It, it well, always you're right. You're right. It's a holiday rush. Well, listen. I'm gonna let you get back to your show. And in closing, I just wanted to say again yeah. that the, the, the Venice Love Shack today and tomorrow <laughs> gifts bazaar. This just sounds like your your marketing sucks. I love it. No, no, well, Gifts Bazaar, Drum Circle. Yeah, of course. At the Venice Love Shack today and tomorrow. And uh, as we speak, Raquel is leading the uh, <clears throat> Echo Park uh, Christmas Parade. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, David Raquel, as mentioned, will be at another event this Friday, uh, the historic Filipino town. We're going to talk more about it later on and see if we can dig up some stuff on, on Taco Still Cheap. Hey, you do a show on Monday nights. Tell us a little bit about it in our final kind of... Uh, oh, okay. Oh, it's straight ahead every Monday night. Oh, and guess what? The night that you came in, huh. um, that great interview I did with the, with the community organizer in Pittsburgh, right. we, we could not broadcast that because I accidentally... Um, erased the uh, recording. Oh, that's no problem. Story. I'm sure we'll be able to get him again. And, oh, I'm sure we will. I'm sure and, we will. And talk to him. He's doing some great things with uh, the community at large in, in Pittsburgh, but uh, it's not to say that a lot of our programming is uh, local. And, exactly. Uh, well, that, anyway, that my show said, is like a jazz world music show, 
every Monday night at midnight. I'm supposed to do it every week, but I just can't because of other things, getting up early. So oh, I try yeah. to do at least two live shows a month. Yeah. And uh, Listen, uh, again, going back real quick, this woman, Alexis Lance, uh, of the Los Angeles Bicycle Coalition, what's yes. your chance of getting her on Bike Talk? Uh, well, well, she was she called in today, so she was on bike talk. Oh my goodness! So <laughs> now I feel like an idiot because I tuned in late. No, it's, it's all right. It is Kill Radio. You don't have to feel like an idiot. Hey, uh, DJ Hassan, what radio station oh, do you yeah. listen? Oh, I'm name. sorry. DJ, DJ straight ahead. What, do you, what radio station do you listen to? There's only one radio station, Kill Radio. All right. Thank you. Okay, I have to go. Have a great holiday weekend. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa to everybody. Yes, these are the sounds of, that's right, the Nila art ride that's going on tonight from 7 o'clock. And, of course, Peg Leg Love playing later on at, uh, at the venue. And having said that, we, we want to send this out that uh, a lot of uh, the venues in town are seeing their demise. Uh, and uh, we're going to be highlighting one of them, the Echo Curio, that's uh, closing its doors. It's not because of any kind of financial thing. It seems it's just the community at large. This is the reason you need to stay involved, if only to go down there to these committee meetings and stuff and say, hey, I, I want to have a, a voice. You heard earlier about Alexis and uh, next week in the Valley, they're talking about uh, making safer streets out there. Even, this this can even be applied to the music you listen to. Um, nobody was out there. And so the city council, they say it's noise. I don't think so. They didn't even pull out meters or a, a decimal meter. You're going to hear more about that later on. Talk is still cheap. We're going to uh, play us out with a little bit of, uh, that's right, Professor Cantaloupe, uh, who was with, uh, quote, unquote, the Al-Qaeda musical thing, Mike Watt and things. Uh, they were at Echo Curio. Here we go. Remember, live music all around. Give me a call if you want to know more about it. 213-252-0998. This is going to play us out. I want to thank Nick for letting me come down and doing Bike Talk today. And all our guests, Mike Dion from uh, Ride the Divide. That's Monday night. Uh, also, Alexis, who's doing uh, her ride. That's uh, next Sunday, 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 4 o'clock. Tom LaBange. They're doing a little uh, holiday-themed ride with the kids through uh, Largemont, that's Largemont and Clinton. Uh, also today, later on, after the Tweed ride at noon with uh, with Dan from Cycle uh, over at the Boathouse, which we're going to rush over to. Hopefully we can get there in six minutes or less. <laughs> and um, I'll, I'll see you guys over at the Bike Oven if you want to come by. I'll be there on Sunday tooling and wrenching for you. It is Kill Radio. And also... KPFK Bike Talk. Thank you.